This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Smythe. These times are tough for people who have purchased a home. Last month, the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions reported that about $250 billion worth of home loans are either currently or soon to be negatively amortized. That's approximately one out of every five home loans in Canada. Negative amortization refers to an increase in the principal balance of a loan caused by a failure to cover the interest due to said loan. A growing number of homeowners are extending their amortization period to pay off their mortgage. To offer what, uh, to offer what options are available and what that would mean is Aaron Broverman. Aaron is the lead editor at Forbes Advisor Canada. Let's welcome him in now. Hello, Aaron. How are you doing this morning? Hi, Alex. I'm good. How are you this morning? I'm not too bad. Uh, we're, we're ready to really tackle a, a, a serious conversation here. So more and more banks are seeing an increase in the extended amortization periods. The increasing number of home buyers are now getting mortgages that go over 30 years. What are some of the advantages of extending the amortization period on a mortgage like that? Well, when you extend your amortization period, you're extending the life it will take, the amount of years it will take to pay off your mortgage in full. The main advantage of extending your amortization period is the lower monthly payment. Uh, The second advantage is that it will give you a little bit of flexibility because you can lock in at the lowest possible monthly payment, and then many lenders offer free payment privileges up to a certain percentage. So anytime uh, during the year, you're allowed to put more on your monthly payments, uh, let's say 20% without paying a penalty. This will shorten your amortization period. And when I say flexibility, I mean you could do the prepayment uh, strategy when you have a little bit of extra cash flow. And then when times are tight because of uh, high interest rates, you are still only paying the lowest possible monthly payment. So you have a little bit of flexibility there. You can go from the lowest monthly payment to, you know, when you have a little extra cash flow, you have the uh, 20% that you could pay over your monthly payment. Now, extending and having a longer amortization period, it's its not cheap. Obviously, you're going to be paying more interest over time the longer you have this loan. So what are some of the risks of extending or having a longer period? Yes, um, you will be paying more interest over the lifetime of your loan. That's absolutely for sure. Um, you It will also take longer to pay off your mortgage, obviously, um, with an A lender like a CIBC or any of the big six banks, 
they can offer amortization periods up to 30 years, but then there are B lenders and private lenders, you know, your equitable banks, uh, your other banks outside of the big six, and they can offer amortization periods up to 35 years. Equitable Bank actually announced a 40-year amortization period in October, but they haven't really released how that's going to work. So yeah, it will take longer to pay off your mortgage. And because it's considered a refinance, at the end of uh, your term, you will have to re-qualify for your mortgage, basically, if you want to re-extend your amortization period. So if you're going from like 25 years to 30 years, your lender will ask you to re-qualify and your circumstances may have changed. So you might not uh, qualify for a new amortization period because it's like getting a mortgage uh, for the first time when, mm -hmm. when you refinance. So those are like the three risks that you have. You're basically starting over again if you want to extend your amortization period a little bit. And so what else should uh, homeowners who are considering this move, what else should they be aware of? You, you have to consider uh, that there are alternatives to doing this if if you if you can like do you really want to be uh, locked in for an extra number of years of course you know when it comes to negative amortization it's a bit of a misnomer because you know it looks like you'll be paying your uh, mortgage off for like you know 70 years or something like that because your your payments don't cover the interest. So mm -hmm. you're just paying off the interest and not paying off the principal. But remember that every time your term expires, it's a whole new ball game and you get to renegotiate and the the amortization period goes back to the classic 25 to 30 years. So it's not like you're going to be paying the mortgage off forever, but you also have to consider that at the expiration of your term, uh, you will be paying at a higher rate if you if you extend your amortization period. You also have to decide when you want to extend your amortization period, and it's recommended that you do it at the end of your term contract because if you do it at the beginning of your mortgage term, uh, you will have to pay uh, like uh, penalties for breaking that mortgage contract and trying to renegotiate the amortization period. So it's best to do it when your term is up for renewal. That is definitely something to consider. Yeah, that's certainly some good advice right there. You mentioned that there are alternatives out there. What what alternatives are there for someone who doesn't want to adjust their amortization period? Well, you do the classic, you know, saving money sorts of things. You you find ways to increase your income, you reduce unnecessary expenses, you try to consolidate your debt, you can try to choose a different rate uh, and a different term length, but again, do that at the end when your, your term is up for renewal. You could also try to refinance with another lender. You could you could break uh, the mortgage contract pay the penalties or when your when your term is up for renewal you could go for a different lender and see if they can offer you a better rate so that you don't have to extend 
uh, your mortgage amortization. Uh, you could obviously mortgage amortization only applies, you know, this sort of negative amortization only applies to variable rate mortgages. That Those are the people that are feeling the pinch and want to extend their amortization period. So you might want to try to go for a fixed rate mortgage, mm -hmm. but remember that you might be locked in at a higher interest rate when, uh, when rates go down. And so, Aaron, obviously, uh, the cost of living, the uh, of home ownership, everything has increased. But why do you think banks have decided to take the step to to offering longer term uh, uh, kind of uh, periods for that thirty year benchmark? That you know, a few years ago, it wasn't common if at all available to uh, people. So why have banks t uh, taken that step? Because more people chose variable rate mortgages when the housing market was hot and it was during the pandemic, so interest rates were low. And now that interest rates are high, you have people that can't afford their payments or are getting close to not being able to afford their payments. And the bank doesn't want you to default on your home. They want you to continue to be a client of theirs. They want you to still be able to make your payments. So they're trying to make it easier for you by offering these extended amortizations. But remember, if you're talking about an A lender, they can only offer legally up to 30 year amortization periods and B lenders can only offer five more years than that. So it's not like you're gonna see huge lengths huge differences in the mortgage uh, amortization uh, periods but you know you have to you have to do what uh, the customer asks that a lot of people are struggling to pay and it's better to have people paying than not paying at all and defaulting on their homes absolutely Aaron thank you so much for bringing this topic forward it's a really fascinating uh, uh, kind of topic and in, in conversation so thank you and have yourself a wonderful day you too, Alex. Hopefully we'll see you again in the future. Absolutely. That was Aaron Broverman, the lead editor at Forbes Advisor Canada. And you can follow Aaron on Twitter or X at Broverman. And that is B-R-O-V-E-R-M-A-N. Coming up in a minute, Laura Bain is here with the Entertainment Report. But first, Buzz continues to build around Humane's AI pin. Here's reporter Mike Dubusky with Tech Trends. The AI pin is small, rectangular, and eclipsed to your clothing. Tech journalist Chris Stokel-Walker says it's designed to do everything your smartphone does, just without a screen. That means you can tell the pin to make calls, answer a question, or take a photo, all through voice commands. It will respond to your requests and try and do whatever you want it to through the use of AI. This kind of suggestions that it's been linked with ChatGPT. Or a built-in projector. Which is designed to then allow you to beam content onto pretty much any surface, although we've seen examples of it being used on the palm of your hand. The pin is $700 to start, plus a monthly fee for your wireless plan. As for whether it will end up replacing your smartphone, we'll have to put a pin in that. Whether or not that's likely is, I think, yet to be seen. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. And if you want to learn more about this pin, be sure to check out the conversation I had with Sean Priest on Monday. He profiled this device in much further detail, and I had a lot of questions. He was able to answer most of them, so be sure to, to go give that a watch and listen on AMI Plus or any of the repeats of Now with Dave Brown. But for now, it is time for the Entertainment Report with Laura Bain. So, Laura, 
iconic items from Prince's fashionable wardrobe are up for auction. Tell me more about what's happening here with the uh, Prince's old clothes. Yeah, that's right. Um, so Prince was, of course, known for his music, but perhaps just as much, well, certainly for his fashion as well. So uh, this is a collection that has been specially curated to tell the story of his musical career. There's over 200 items up for auction. And just to give you a couple of highlights, the white ruffled shirt that he wore at the 1985 American Music Awards when he performed Purple Rain is up for auction. I'm not a Prince super fan. Um, when I think of Prince, that's probably what I think of is that white puffy shirt. Mm -hmm. um, now that was estimated by the auction house at a, being around 15,000, but I just checked and it's at over 26,000 right now. So it just shows you people are gonna pay whatever they, they want for these items if they're able. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I certainly think too that yeah, that, that shirt was going to definitely go for more than 15000 If a, yeah. uh, a a costume from a failed advertising campaign in, in Edmonton with a, like, kind of donaire went for over $20,000, I think Prince's iconic white ruffled <laughs> shirt is going to go higher than that, too. Yeah, that's that's true enough. Um, you can also pick up a pair of his stage-worn blue high-heeled boots. Mm. Uh, those are currently going for around 20000 But, you know, if that's a little too rich for your blood, there are other items you can pick up at a more reasonable cost. For example, some uh, stage-used handkerchiefs you can get for around $1,000. Um, but it's not just clothes that are on auction. There's also Polaroid photos, master tapes, and um, original documents. So anyone who's interested, they have until 6 p.m. Eastern tonight to get in their <laughs> initial initial bid. There you um, go. Yeah, exactly. So the, uh, the French collector who had put together this collection had originally hoped to open a museum celebrating prints, mm. but then those plans fell through, which is why these items are up for sale. So uh, what do you think? Uh, should items like this go up for private sale or would you rather see them in a museum? I mean, there there are certain ones that I, I certainly want to see in the museum. Maybe that, that white shirt, as you mentioned, it's so iconic. It's so um, kind of tied to, to Prince and one of his key performances. I would love to see that in a museum. I would love to see his iconic guitar in a museum. Yeah. But there's there's going to be things that you're, you're not going to fill an entire Prince museum. Obviously, uh, this collector had tried. It didn't work. It fell through, hence why he's gone down this path. But... Yeah, I, I think maybe a few of the items, certainly, especially the more memorable, more iconic, more synonymous ones, should definitely head to museums, maybe Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, maybe some of these other key installations around the world that really celebrate his music and legacy. But I, I don't have a problem with some of these other adjacent items going for auction. But what about you, Laura? Where mm -hmm. do you stand on this? Yeah, I, I guess I kind of feel the same way. Um, although I feel like if you were going to have sort of a Prince Fashion Museum, you might need the whole collection. And um, so it's sort of a shame to see it split up and go to uh, private buyers. But I, I wouldn't say I feel terribly strongly about it. I I am curious how his friends and family feel about it, because mm -hmm. from what I understood, the collector purchased these items from them sort of under this plan of creating the museum. So I'd be curious sort of how they felt about it going up for private sale now. Um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point, because if it's your being, uh, you're, you're buying it under the pretext of a, a museum or a collection, and then you turn around and sell it, yeah, that, that, there may be a bit of backlash uh, from that then. 
for sure. So I've got another question for you, okay. Alex. Um, is there a piece of music history that you cello for? Ooh, well, pro the part of the issue is the fact that any piece of musical history I would want, I could never afford. But mm -hmm. uh, so for me, I, I don't think necessarily clothing or, or documents or, or anything like that is necessarily what would intrigue me. I'm, I'm much more, especially when it comes to music, I would love to have the instruments, especially some of these iconic guitars, because I, I play guitar, I, that, that was always my instrument. So something like Jimi Hendrix, iconic, restrung uh, Stratocaster, maybe the one he played at Woodstock, that would be something that would be obviously a showpiece in any collection. Uh, but even one that's kind of blends the lines between movie and music, uh, even like, I say the Back to the Future guitar that uh, Marty McFly plays, you know, and it's like that one's both music and, and uh, a bit of the movie history. Like that's, that's what I'm interested in, the guitars of the past and iconic ones. But what about you, Laura? You have a guitar in the background of <laughs> your setup. So are you on the same lines or are you looking for something else? Those are some incredible choices that you made there, um, for sure. And, you know, I'm a student. I'm definitely not shelling out for anything iconic, <laughs> that's for sure. But, you know, I was thinking about this, and, and the same thing kind of came to mind for me, actually. Um, no fashion items, but when I was a teen, um, I was really into Annie DeFranco. I mean, I'm still into her, but I was pretty influenced by her, and I actually named my first guitar DeFranco. <laughs> I don't name my guitars anymore, but I thought, you know, if I had an opportunity to own an actual Annie DeFranco guitar, I'd probably, I'd certainly pay a few thousand dollars for that. Yeah, exactly. That, that's always the biggest problem. It's like, it's reality sets in soon enough. It's like, oh yeah, this is going to go far more than we could actually ever afford. But yeah, <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for bringing this topic forward. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks, Alex. That was Laura Bain in Halifax with the Entertainment Report. Coming up after the break, I got a short regional news update for you. And Brock Richardson is here with the Sports Chat. You're watching now with Dave Brown on AMI. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.